You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. My guest today is Chris Waters. He's a founder and CEO of Waters International Realty based out of Austin. He started as a real estate agent helping families and investors buy properties in Central Texas. In 2015, he began expanding and open branches across the United States. He also co-authored the Million Dollar Real Estate Team with his business partner, Bradley Pounds. Chris's other ventures are investments, tech investments, advisory roles in Mint Title, WHD Investments, and WIR Publishing Inc. Hashtag is hashtag real deal. So check him out. He's uh, doing some amazing things. I'm excited to have him on the show today. So we're here with another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I got a great friend, Chris Waters, on the show with me today. Really excited to have him, man. My wife and I went down probably a year or so ago, had lunch with him. Hell, driving in, we see his face on every billboard in Austin. So he's doing some amazing things. He's a founder and CEO of Waters International Realty, and um, he is the atypical real estate entrepreneur. So welcome to the show, bro. Hey, Terrence. Thanks for having me on, man. I was watching uh, the Green Bay Packers this past week, looking at Devontae Adams crushing it. And I uh, was thinking about you. Yeah. You know, I went back for the first time. Me and my wife went I back. I saw the pictures. Saw last the pictures. year. Yeah. And the cool thing is my locker, there's no one in my locker. And my locker is right by Devontae Adams. So yeah. oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. You know, God had a different plan. Obviously pushed me towards this direction, but I'm excited because I get, I get to meet people like you. I get to do amazing things and I get to just create. And that's the part that I'm the most passionate about. Yeah, man. So I always start off each show with a quote. And then the one I got today is average leaders have quotes. Good leaders have a plan and exceptional leaders have a system, Urban Meyer. So I just think about that. And as you've really scaled your business, walk me through your story on kind of A to Z. How did you get into real estate? How did you become the real estate entrepreneur that you are? Just kind of give me that quick flyover of who you are and what you do and how you've gotten to this point. Yeah. So I was going to um, uh, Texas State College right up the road from not too far from A&M and uh, got a degree in finance. I had a lawn mowing business paying my way through college. Probably like you, I was one of those kids, you know, hustling at a really young age, you know, like working at a really young age, like elementary school. When I was graduating college my senior year, I had this one customer. And uh, if he tunes into this, I mean, I'm not afraid to tell him he was a huge pain in the ass. Customer. <laughs> he had had a career in finance. And I was at that point going on job interviews and stuff. And I didn't really feel like it was, a, it was an alignment for me as I was going on these jobs in corporate America. And um, you know, he, he told me about real estate. And I, I joined uh, his team as a buyer's agent at Keller Williams in 2006. At that point in my life, it was like, you know, I came from very humble beginnings, but like, you know, a lot of upward trajectory. Yep. To be quite honest, like looking back, like I was 21 years old and I wasn't very, very humble at that point or very coachable, to be honest. And, um, you know, I joined his team, sold a number of houses in my first like three to four months, but I like, I wasn't happy at all. And I felt like there were a lot of limitations. And to his credit, you know, he's trying to keep me focused, but like, you know, I just wasn't having it. I just wasn't being coachable or humble enough. <laughs> and so I had a, a guy I sold a house to, told me about another broker. And I went to go work for this other broker after like four or five months. And my perspective at that moment was my success was very mediocre and I was really frustrated. And that broker recommended I get into the oil and gas business. And so in 2006, 2007, the oil and gas market was really hot. I was what's called a landman. I was like, what the heck? I was 21 years old. I went into it. And um, uh, to be quite honest, 
for the subsequent two years after that, as I was doing it, I was completely miserable. And for those entire two years, I was still drawn to real estate. The thing that I really was always fascinated about in the real estate industry is how the lead generation stuff is always evolving. And it's kind of like this lab, if you will, you know, like trying to figure out what works, you know, to get people to respond and whatnot. Yep. End of 2008, beginning of 2009, you know, the market's crashing. You know, Dow Jones, right, is at 5,000. And I think the Dow Jones is at like 30,000 now, right? It's crazy. <laughs> wow. um, so market's crashing. They laid off like a thousand people in their own gas industry in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it was a huge blessing for me because I was so miserable. You know, I was trying to figure out what to go into, you know, after I uh, got out of the oil gas thing. And for the, the whole time I was in, doing the oil gas thing, every night I was learning about SEO, mar- digital marketing and all this kind of stuff. And um, you can go back to these, like, I was writing blog articles and like, I wasn't even actively working with clients and I actually didn't even like writing, but I was like trying to figure out how to, you know, sp- scale up the lead generation stuff. Again, still didn't have a lot of humility at that point in my life. I had heard that, uh, you know, when the market goes down, typically alcohol sales go up <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm actually, you know, a pretty healthy guy. I work out a lot, try to eat super healthy and I invested in this bar and restaurant. And after uh, the first couple of months, like I started, you know, realizing like, number one, I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't even know how to serve a drink. Somebody asked, you know, I had no clue what I was doing. And um, uh, the second thing I realized is I, I did not nearly have anywhere close to enough money to keep this business to, you know, to sustain and have success. Mm-hmm. And so after uh, about nine months, you know, we had locks put on the door by the Texas Alcohol Beverage Commission and our landlord, and we were shut down and I was dead broke. And mm-hmm. I was at, you know, like one of the lowest points in my life at that point, I was, you know, 23, 24 years old. I um, ended up sleeping on my uh, girlfriend's red Ikea couch because I had way too much pride to go back and live with my parents. You know, I was trying to figure out what do I do? And, you know, the at that moment, like the thing, at, you know, being 24, 24 years old, the only thing I knew really how to do was, you know, like I knew how to prospect real estate, you know, and, and get clients, whatever. And so in at the end of 2009, beginning of 2010, I was like, you know, I was super humble. And I was, you know, because of that humility, I was incredibly focused and I, and I just really committed to being successful as an agent. And mm-hmm. so that's when things really started, you know, taking off and that, you know, kind of humility and focus was really in alignment. And, um, you know, to be honest, I struggled a lot in the first uh, six months, but then I got involved in uh, in coaching, and that really radically changed my life. I was learning from other people that had, you know, had success. And um, as my success grew, I needed to hire other people around me to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to help manage the business. You know, in three years, we went from you know zero to over hundred million in sales. And our one group in Austin will do uh, over a quarter of a billion in sales this year. Um, awesome, Fifteen bro. other expansion markets across the United States and Canada. You know, division that buys and sells properties. You know, I've gotten I've gotten into investment in the technology sector of real estate. So I've been it's been a very the last ten years has been quite a blessing to say the least. That's awesome, bro. So walk me through when you started scaling up, right? So real quick, so you have the team in Austin and then you have 16 other expansion teams, correct? 15, we're 15 markets total, yeah. So 16, okay, 15, 16. Walk me through the makeup of your team there in Austin that's doing 250 million in volume a year, just kind of the hierarchy or structure. Yeah, yeah so we have, a, um, we have a president that oversees all the leadership. So on the leadership side, we have somebody overseeing the inside sales team. We have somebody overseeing the listing agents. We have somebody overseeing the buyer agents. Um, we have an operations team leader. Um, we have an office manager. We also have um, 
uh, a trainer. And so that's kind of like the upper echelon of folks that are helping lead the people underneath them. And then, you know, they're, they're leading a team of inside sales agents, buyer agents, listing agents, and transaction management personnel. So that's, awesome. that's kind of a three level, yeah. three level approach, if you will. So you're probably at about 50 people. So we have right now six listing agents. Um, we have about 20 buyers agents and then about uh, 15 staff, okay. including leadership. Man, that's awesome, bro. Man, you've grown since we've had lunch. Yeah. I mean, this this past year, I'll be honest, it was, I mean, we represented Zillow offers in yeah. the program to buy and sell properties. And so that was, you know, 200 plus properties we added this year through that. We actually submitted our termination and we terminated our arrangement with Zillow. So, you know, it's kind of interesting as we've, you know, as I'm, I'm reflecting on 2020 and thinking about like, well, how are we going to make up those 220 closings in, in, 220, in uh, 2021? You know, it's really forcing us to think outside of the box to, um, you know, not take a step backwards. So yeah, it's been an interesting month. You'll figure it out, bro. That's yeah. what you do. So if I'm a new agent, right? And let's just say I'm an individual agent. I got, you know, I'm starting to gain some traction as a salesperson. And I said, hey, I want to keep scaling. I want to keep growing. What would be like the top three things or what would be the guidance or coaching or wisdom that you would send back my way? To your point, one of the biggest challenges for a lot of real estate agents is they kind of reach this pinnacle in their career. You know, I think as a solo agent with like literally no assistance, like you can kind of have a balanced life, if you will, you know, working 50, 60 hours a week, selling 30 to 40 homes. But like once you exceed that number and you can sell more, you can sell like 60, 70, but like you're, it's going to require an assistant. So I think the very first thing, you know, for anybody that's an agent that's having some success as an agent and they're trying to figure out how do they grow to that next level, it begins with learning how to create leverage for yourself through others. Mm -hmm. And so you need to start essentially surrounding yourself with people that can help you with the non-revenue producing activities. Yep. That way you can focus more on the revenue producing activities. And then, you know, as you scale, ultimately what ends up happening is you get more and more people um, around you that become more and more specialized, which improves the overall, you know, effectiveness of the team. Yeah. And it also improves the overall experience of the customer too. Yeah. No, that's good, bro. So as I'm thinking through that, right, you get the assistant, you start leveraging your team, then obviously you got to focus on your lead gen. That's really what you, you kind of build the foundation. Cause I think a lot of times what I've seen real estate agents do is they're a great realtor at under 40 transactions. And then they try to start going above that many transactions and still put the signs out, put the lock boxes out, do all the showings, go on every listing appointment. And it's just not scalable and it's not realistic. And that's where you see a lot of agents burn out really quick. So if I was a brand new agent now, let's even rewind back even further than that. When you got into the industry, what was the most surprising thing that you wish you would have known? There's essentially like three, I like using this baseball analogy. It's like there's three bases from us each and each base represents a skill that you need to master. and I would be reminding myself, like, you're in the sales business. And so if you don't know how to convert leads and you know, into face-to-face uh, -face appointments and convert those face-to-face -face appointments into deals, no matter how good you are at lead generation, it doesn't matter. So yeah. anyways, back to the baseball analogy, like the, the key skills, um, simplistically, you need to master is inside sales, which is learning how to book appointments. Second, you need to master outside sales, which is how do you get people committed to working with you that have no idea who you are? Like the road to riches in real estate is learning how to convert people that have no idea who you are. If you can do that, you're gonna make you're gonna build a massive database faster than anybody else, and you're gonna make more money than anybody else. 
So number two is um, converting people face-to-face in our representation agreements. And number three is where the market expertise component comes in, which is you know getting the deal under contract and navigating the escrow challenges to get the deal to closing. And so those are the three overarching skills you've got to you got to knock down from a skills perspective to have, have success. Now, I love it, man. And I think that's a fundamental truth for any sales, but for sure, real estate sales. So that's that's a lot of wisdom in that. So if, if I asked you, like, what's one concept? Because I always have people that email me and text me or send me messages on social media saying, well, how would I calculate a cap rate or how do I know what my ROI is or how do I whatever, win a million dollar listing. What's one concept that you want to leave to our audience that you feel like is a misnomer or something that people really make it more complicated than what it is? Does that make sense? What I'm asking, like a, just a concept. Number one, not all leads are created equal. Yeah, that's good. Every single lead generation strategy or uh, marketing medium, it works, but there's like a formula to make each of them work. And it's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle or I don't know, like it's like our math equation, however you want to think about it. Like every lead generation source works, but you need to know what the expectation should be around the the formula, if you will. So, you know, like when I talk about formula, what I mean is like, what's the conversion cycle of the lead source? Every single lead source has a conversion cycle predicated on the consumer intent. And consumer intent is derived by where the consumer is engaging with you and submitting their information. Mm-hmm. So as an example, you know, I think a lot of people know like Zillow leads are very high quality. Like Zillow leads are very high quality compared to Google or Facebook. And yeah. so it's like, why are Zillow leads better than Google or Facebook? And you know, the, truthfully, the reason why the leads are better is because the consumer intent is better. Mm. So if you go down that rabbit hole, why is consumer intent stronger on Zillow versus Google or Facebook? And there's like this tiny little two millimeter shift that Zillow did that brokerages don't. And that is that when Zillow gets people on their platform, they don't require forced registration. Wow. A consumer has to voluntarily submit their information. And so the conversion rates of leads on Zillow are higher simply because of the non-forced registration component. Wow. At, at the end of the day, whether your, bro- your, your brokerage site or Zillow, like we're all getting traffic to our website pretty much through the same mechanisms. It's, you know, it's Google, Facebook, maybe your for sale signs, maybe you're, I don't know, you run radio, TV ads, whatever. Like we're all getting traffic to our websites somehow, some way from top of funnel perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a, a misnomer. It's like everybody's going to the same place to develop traffic from a top of funnel perspective. I, I hear a lot of people say stuff like, oh yeah, the leads on that platform are amazing or the leads on that platform are amazing. Well, everybody's getting search traffic from pretty much the same places. It's just like, what are you doing to make tiny little shifts to improve the conversion metrics from a consumer experience perspective? So that's one that comes off the top of my head. No, that's awesome. That's deep. And I think it it would force most broker owners, team leaders to really understand that concept because when you're trying to scale, if you don't get that, and, and I've talked to my team over and over and, you know, you get those sales agents say, oh, those aren't good leads. Well, you know, every lead's not equal, but every lead has a process to follow. So if it's a home value lead versus someone sending a message saying, I want to see this property, it's obviously going to have a different quality. So that's really good, bro. So you you mentioned earlier, you're doing some expansion now. And actually, you've been doing it for some years. Walk me through the vision behind expansion. Did you feel like you were just out of space in Austin? Why did you decide to start expanding? Let's talk about that. I mean, outbound prospecting is starting to die. 
people's cell phone numbers now say spam on them, right? When somebody, when you call, do a lot of calling, um, you'll get marked as spam. And so we're moving into this like permission-based marketing world. And so in, you know, 2014, 2015, when we started expanding in other markets, you know, no matter how much gas I threw on the fire from a marketing perspective, like what ended up happening was our client acquisition costs started going up. So like, for example, I could keep throwing more gas at it, pour more gas in the fire, but like the fire wouldn't get any bigger because I just kind of hit that law of diminishing return. Like fire ain't going to get no bigger. Yeah. And so the only thing I could do to expand locally was to increase my agent count, like basically have a lot more agents in the, in the company. Yeah. And so I had to make a decision. Do we want to have a business that's focused on agent productivity or do we want to have a business focused on agent count? Wow, that's good. And so for me, it was like, there's just something that irks me around about being around a lot of mediocre people and people just having like random success. Like maybe they do the job part time or whatever. Like I just, it's not in my DNA to be having an organization with people like that. Nothing wrong with that. Like, hey, kudos to all the people out there that have jobs and do real estate part time and close a couple deals a year. Kudos to you. But like just my purpose and what I wanted the organization to be about was like agent productivity. And um, I really truly don't believe that like, you can do both or, or you can't do both and, and have a great organization. Yeah. You can't do it well. You know, we made, we made a decision. We're going to keep it a, uh, a smaller group and um, not be agent count driven, you know, and then uh, start um, expanding in other territories. And so, you know, uh, 2014, we launched our first one and uh, you know, we partnered with a, an agent that was doing like 30 transactions. She had been in the business for about 10 years and she just, she couldn't figure out like how to grow beyond that. Mm. And um, so, I mean, we basically gave her our kind of business in the box, if you will. And in her first year, she went to from 30 deals to just shy of a hundred Wow. Um, with her and two other people. And um, one of them was an assistant. And, um, you know, now, you know, she's recognized number one team in her city or whatever. We did the same thing. You know, we kept, you know, 2014, we had success with her. And then we partnered with someone else. Same deal. He went from like, you know, 25, 30 deals to 25 to 30 per month, closing per month. You know, went to another market. He grew even faster. And so, you know, in 2014, 2015, 2016, we were like, man, we're kind of onto something. Like, we got a playbook that can help people consistently scale 300% or greater every year with a great deal of predictability. That's what we're all about now. It's about helping give people the business in the box so that they can scale. And um, they they aren't leveraging my branding. So we basically are like kind of white labeling our broker in the box, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about giving them the playbook, the strategies, the lead generation mechanisms, the training for your agents. You know, we built out like an LMS system online to you know help you train your agents, like you know all these certifications and tests. And then we also, uh, out of our main hub in Austin, we we run throughout the course of the week training calls virtually, which has been cool because of COVID, because it's like now everybody's used to it. Like you know, we Tuesdays is inside sales focus, like helping people set appointments, objection handling, etc. Wednesdays is you know buyer agent focus, converting people face to face. Thursdays listing agent focus. Um, we have a team leadership training call once a week. And so the our expansion partners leverage us to help them, you know, because when they're they're running around with their hair on fire, so they leverage us for uh, for the training stuff. That's awesome, bro. Man, that makes a lot of sense. And I think productivity versus the agent count is a decision that all brokers will have to make at some point. Like, what game are you going to play? You know, Gary Keller told me last year when we were talking one on one, he said the massive model of having two hundred agents or two hundred and fifty agents plus is dying, and the tactical team model. In the expansion model is kind of the next 
you know, horizon for a lot of guys. And so you just happen to be the real estate entrepreneur you are and very innovative and you're just out early, right? You know, there's not many guys that are already doing it. The Ben Kinney's, the Chris Waters, the Adam Hergen Rothers, the Tim Howes, you guys were, you, you saw it early. And so yeah, that's a blessing, man. Been a huge blessing, yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about technology, right, is that playing a role in your white labeling and kind of your business in a box? Talk to me about what you're doing with your brokerage. And then we, I want to talk about what you're investing into. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on the tech side, you know, we, we had to invest a lot of money into a really robust Salesforce um, platform. You know, what's interesting about Salesforce is like, unlike the real estate specific CRMs out there, Salesforce is just like this box. It's like a sandbox. And like, it doesn't do anything unless you program it to do it. So there's pros and cons to that. Like it's challenging to build out, but then you can like really customize it and trip it out to your specific business. So like for us, you know, we have a lot of team members that work on one specific listing as an example. And so, you know, we're able to like break down that customer journey and assign task list to each user that's like facilitating that component of the customer journey within Salesforce. And it allows our team to communicate on the same deal behind the scenes so we're all on the same page. So, you know, we're, we're using Salesforce in the back end. It's been incredibly impactful. It was a huge, huge struggle. And I mean, we've invested a lot of money, a tremendous, tremendous amount of money in it. We have a, a full-time Salesforce administrator on the team. Uh, we hired a development company five years ago to start helping us build it out. But, you know, the thing is actually, I, I honestly probably would not recommend people, you know, if I could do it all over again, it's probably not what I would do. The thing that I kind of discovered through that process of building out Salesforce is the biggest challenge in the real estate industry is there's a lot of great systems out there that are real estate specific, but they don't talk to each other. Mm. Like none of them. And so it's like, you know, you're plugging and playing a lot of data and a lot of different systems and it's very frustrating to manage. And, you know, there's obviously human error and stuff. And so I think the best from a technological perspective, I think the best thing to do, and, and, and we're doing this using Salesforce, but again, I, I probably would do it again. But what I would do is from a technology perspective, this is actually what we tell our franchise partners. You know, if you think about your technology stack, you've got all of your lead generation systems at the top. So your number one objective is how do I get a, it's called a bi-directional integration between my lead generation systems and my um, CRM system where the agents are managing the leads. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we use a tool called uh, RealSync, R-E-A-L-S-Y-N-C-H. And it's basically the plumbing to connect our systems. And so it pushes mm. leads and the leads activity data in the CRM. And then if you're in the CRM and somebody unsubscribes, it then automatically updates that lead gen system. So anyways, establish like your lead gen systems, get them integrated to your CRM. And then your next component of your tech stack is transaction management. So get your CRM bi-directional integration with your um, transaction management CRM, get those integrated. And then the final integration is getting transaction management integrated with like QuickBooks or whatever accounting software you're using. And so very simplistically, that's kind of like the technology philosophy that we're implementing. And I didn't know this. I learned this from people much smarter than me. Basically, like the philosophy we're employing is kind of this idea of a best-in-class technology stack where you can like plug in systems as you want them and push systems out as they get outdated or you find something better. You know, you mentioned Gary at KW, you know, like they're going down this this path of trying to build the all-in-one solution. 
And um, kudos to them for doing, you know, trying to do that. If you're bootstrapping your business, like the best strategy is to do the best in class tech stack because it's pennies compared to tens of millions of dollars trying to build your all in one solution. And in fact, and a lot of people might argue that it's like the better way to go because the industry does evolve and change a lot, specifically from a lead generation and client management perspective. No, that's good, bro. Does that's that good. answer your question? It does. It does. And so one of my questions, and I got a couple more, is I always ask you guys, no matter if I've had builders on, I've had developers, I've had commercial investors, multifamily guys. It's one thing like Robert Kiyosaki talks about, you have a career and then your money has a career. So obviously your career is being a real estate broker, expansion leader, all those things. Yep. What, what career is your money? Is it in, you said real estate tech earlier, where are you investing your money and where do you see opportunity in the next 12 to 24 months? You know, the things I'm investing in are high yield housing assets. Yep. I'm putting money in that. I'm also funding like development projects. So for example, like, you know, you get a, a builder on deck, they manage the whole project. You know what I mean? And like, you know, we just stick to our core competency of helping them tell them like how big to build it, you know, yep. what it's gonna sell for, what construction costs need to be. So I'm doing a lot of a lot of these like joint venture projects where I'm investing money into um I actually I just bought a house across from Gary Keller. I don't know if Gary will listen to this, but I've actually never met Gary in person. I've never even talked to him on the phone. We had an email exchange one time, but um, anyways, I was thinking about putting up a, because his driveway, like when he pulls out of his driveway, it's like the front of the house, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I tore the house down and uh, I was thinking about putting up like a billboard. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it, but I thought it'd be funny. If he's listening to this, I thought he'd get a kick out of that. He probably will, man. Gary's a great dude. You know, Tim ended up introducing me to him and we were supposed to meet for like 10, 15 minutes. And it was like three, four hours later, he and I and Josh team were the only three people in the room along with my wife. And we're on the board just like, it's like talking plays. We were just like on the whiteboards, just like when we got done, if you looked at those whiteboards of all the stuff we were going back and forth about, but man, yeah, he's been an inspiration to me for sure. And he's been an inspiration to a lot of people. Yeah. He sets the pace for sure. He's doing some great stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm putting up like a $7 million spec house there. So like I'm, you know, got money put up there, you know, we do some high end flips and stuff like that. You know, I put a lot of cash in the TD Ameritrade account and it's invested in like very, you know, low risk stuff. But then we leverage that cash for what's called an an asset guidance line of credit. And so that's what gives us the um, ability to get, you know, I get yield on the cash in TD Ameritrade and then I can collateralize that leveraging my expertise in real estate and partnering with other people and getting higher returns. You know, on the single family or in, in the on the housing side, like our market in Austin really took off. And so I have quite a few, a number of multifamily properties and whatnot. And it was just stupid not to sell them. So I'm actively looking for other places where like literally the only place I see opportunity in, in the housing sector for um, like if you're just from a monthly yield perspective are in the tertiary markets, like these small markets where, you know, you can buy, you know, $50,000 house and it rents out for 700 bucks, you know, like, I don't know, those are the, like, that's the only place I see opportunity because apartment complexes are trading at like crazy high prices. I mean, we're in the middle of an asset. uh, I don't know if you want to say asset bubble, but we kind of are. I mean, interest rates are crazy low. Fed's pumping a lot of money into the economy. And so we're in this huge asset bubble. As long as the Federal Reserve manipulates the system, like we're going to continue being in this huge asset bubble. And so you know, that's, I mean, I'm, not, I'm preaching a choir here. This is why we've got a big disparity between the rich and the poor because the rich, you know, their assets are going up, you know, big time in value. Stocks are going up huge in value. It is what it is. It's a weird time, man. 2020 has been a weird year for sure. 
obviously the book you recommended, which I'm excited to talk about. I've read it. So tell me why you recommended the million dollar real estate team. Well, I mean, number it's one. Your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, I mean, my mom bought me, speaking of Gary Keller, my mom bought me Gary Keller's book when I graduated college in 2006. You know, it was a huge source of inspiration when I read that book. And in 2010, I started following that as the model. You know, high level like strategies and stuff are really good, but I found some, I don't want to call them holes. It's just like when the book got published in 98, you know, I think the game has changed a lot since then, you know, like these lead generation companies didn't exist. And so like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I've been in it a while. Like lead generation is not in my mind as big of a deal from a lead gen perspective. It's just not that big of a deal. Yeah. And so like, you know, the book mentions like you're in the lead generation game, you know, as an agent, but like in my mind, it's like, I'm not in the lead gen game. That's easy. I'm in the people game. Like I'm in the game of like recruiting and selecting talent and training and leading people and, and trying to build leaders. Yeah. Like that's the game I'm in to, to build a, a business that is self-sustaining. I'm not describing Gary by any means. A lot has changed and I know they're working on an updated version of the book. But that's why you wrote your book. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you, I've over the years, I've sat in these masterminds, gone to the conferences and a lot of people are asking like, how are you going, scaling so fast? And, you know, and, you know, I started like kind of quietly sharing with people what we were doing and like, then they started taking off. And then, you know, I was like, you know, in 2014, that's when we, you know, started our first, first expansion team. And, you know, when you like, you know, it was pretty amazing when she literally grew 300% the first year, I was like, dang, that's, that was like, it was really pretty amazing feeling to be able to have that kind of impact on somebody's life. You know, we did it again, second year, third year, another one. I was like, man, I think we're really onto something here. And so anyways, just, you know, I get lots of people always asking me what that, journey looked like. And so I had somebody tell me, I think it was back in 2017, they're like, man, you just need to document your journey, you know, very tactically how you guys scaled it. And so that's kind of how the book came about. For anybody that's listening to this, I'm happy to send you a, a free copy. So you can go buy the book on Amazon and it's Audible and all that stuff. And it's like 20 bucks, whatever. We spun up a landing page where you can get it for free. Um, the only thing you got to pay is your shipping. And the book is The Million Dollar real estate team.com it's super there he is the million dollar real estate team.com million dollar real estate team.com you can go get the book you just got to pay for your shipping i got like two more questions then we'll jump off two things man obviously growth is important for you what are you doing to personally invest back in yourself right now and then what's your big why like why do you get up and grind and work the way you do yeah so first one is um man honestly when i think about when i've had setbacks over the last 10 years, it's because I wasn't in coaching. Like I did have an advisor or a coach. And so I'm, I'm surrounding myself with coaches and advisors. So I have a, a leadership coach I work with. I have a business advisor I work with. Um, the business advisor is through an organization called CEO Coaching International. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like my, my business advisor strategy um, person that I talk to. The leadership coach, the guy's name is Ron Kessler. Amazing guy. Good. And then what's your big why, bro? It's a couple things. It's legacy, positive impact, and winning. Ultimately, you know, it's like those three things. You want to have a positive impact, you know, with your with your time here on planet Earth. You want to have a, I want to have a big positive impact. I want to win and just see what's humanly possible. Tony Robbins has that uh, little acronym: Can I? Constant and never ending improvement. So that's kind of probably that's probably a commonality you and I both have. It's just like let's see what how far we can push this thing and see what's possible. That's who we are, bro. Well, what's the final thoughts you want to leave for our listeners? What any final thoughts? And then before we close, I want you to leave where people can find you, social media, website, whatever. 
you know, I'm just reflecting on the last 10 years, I mean, I cannot credit enough of what I've done. I just can't credit enough of it to the, the coaches and advisors I've had. If you're a high driving personality, like it's so easy to like go down these rabbit holes and get distracted. And like the double-edged sword of being high drivers is it's, it's really easy to want to jump on a lot of opportunities. And so by like constantly having a, you know, one or two people that are an advisor or a coach, I think it's paramount to your success. So I heard on Shark Tank, I think it was Damon John said on Shark Tank, pioneers get slaughtered and settlers prosper. Wow. And so unless you're somebody that's going out there and raising hundreds of millions of dollars, like Zillow, Redfin, et cetera, innovating and like creating a new wheel is your, the odds of success are highly against you. Yeah. No matter where it is you want to go in life or whatever you want to do, go find somebody you can learn from that's already been there and build a foundation off you know, proven systems and processes, especially if you're bootstrapping it. And then once you have a solid foundation and you have lots of cash flow and you have the money discretionary income to, you know, try to innovate and do the R and D stuff, like that's when you can, you know, go down the wild hair of trying to be a pioneer. But first build a strong foundation and um, you know, surround yourself with uh, great advisors and like I wouldn't even say an, 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 an accountability partner. I would say take it a step further and like, you know, have a relationship where you're like paying somebody to help hold you accountable and um, ideally somebody that's already been where you want to go. That's even that that's the primo coach or advisor is is having someone you're paying um, that's holding you accountable and has been where you want to go. Wow, that's deep, bro. Well, man, how can people find you on social media? You know, leave that out there. So um, Instagram and Facebook, I mean, just Google Christopher Waters, Instagram, you'll find me. You'll see a lot of pictures, real estate specific and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm super easy to find. <laughs> Hard to miss me on uh, Google. Just Google my name and you'll you'll find my social media profiles and uh, shoot me a DM and uh, you know tell people they can go check out that book. We'll ship it to you free. Just cover the shipping. Um, I think shipping is like five or six bucks. Yeah. We've had quite a number of books that I've had to like ship out to like Greece and stuff. Like we had some dude come in from Greece and a guy take a picture of the book on the Great Wall of China and stuff. And like we were in the beginning just like sending the book out and I was getting these shipping charges like of 50, 60, 70, 80 dollars. And I was like, all right, we gotta like start charging for shipping. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I'll hook you up with a book, but um just cover the shipping costs depending on wherever you are in the world. Man, thanks for your inspiration, bro. Thanks for your friendship. Thank you for that day. You know, we got to hang out with you in Austin and we'll stay in touch and Thank you for being the real estate entrepreneur that you are and being on the podcast, man. And we'll stay in touch. Terrence, man, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com. 